together in your name to sit at your feet to hear what you are saying to the church that we might be strengthened and encouraged and empowered to be what you want us to be in this earth we are on a mission here to convert the unbeliever to save the sinner to heal the sick to cast out uh, devils to raise the dead so we thank you father for that mandate we're growing closer to completing it in jesus name amen and praise god amen so i have a question for you today and that is have you been with jesus have you been with jesus there's a way to tell that you've been with jesus and so it becomes obvious to those to whom god wants to reveal himself who his true disciples are you know i um when i submit to a ministry i submit to one that has the full power of god signs following their words and i'm telling you there are not many of them these days we have a lot of people out there preaching great swelling words of man's wisdom because the wisdom of god will be confirmed with signs following that is the ministry of jesus will be accomplished by their preaching the sick will be healed the lame will walk blind eyes will open deaf ears will be unstopped uh i'm I'm here to tell you if you seek it it's not hard to accomplish it because i can remember when we when we first started the ministry first time i had an altar call i was standing at the altar and i was praying with my eyes closed and i opened them and all these people were standing there i said god they came oh my goodness what do i do that you know what i'm saying and now i had prayed for people before but you know as as more people began to be drawn by the anointing and by what we were doing i was always a little bit shocked that god just and and see this is confirming his word that's all i want to it's not about me it's his word when you preach it in faith and confidence he confirms it and then when people come forward and if you will stay with the holy spirit and pray what he tells you to pray and not try to get fancy i see people can preach good but when it comes to the altar call they get up there and act crazy getting loud they get in the flesh you can tell when they hop over in the flesh because the anointing goes like it's easy to lose your place with the holy spirit if you if you get into you again you've lost it and i see so many ministers frustrated that the signs don't accompany they'll try to invent stuff then and hype it up and talk louder and shout harder and all this kind of stuff i remember we we had we went over to canada we had when we first started the ministry in detroit god opened the door for us to go to canada to to pray and have that you were were you there mr gary when we used to go over yep the, the old timers miss you know? <laughs> wana was there and shannon was there you know and and so we we started over there and we decided we'd have a healing meeting and there was a woman i think it was a theater was that an old theater that lady had she was a christian she had bought this theater and she wanted to do great things for god and so we agreed to have our healing school there and when we came in we had i think we had like a a boom box or something like that that we played music from you know we're just excited about god and thought everybody else was too and till people 
would crack on us about our boom box and that kind of stuff but i say hey if that ain't good enough for you i'm just real sorry but that's what god provided you accepted our invitation so this is it this is what you get but it was kind of amazing to me because when we got in there i was standing talking to a lady that had come in and we we had a little background music going we were getting ready to start the service and she was saying she said that music seems awful loud and i said well i said i don't think it's too loud she said oh she said maybe i should turn my hearing aid down and I said, well, why don't you take it off? Because I believe God's healed your, your ear. And sure enough, yeah, it was just that simple. All you do is show up with a meeting sometimes, you know. And that was our first miracle healing of that service was a deaf ear was open. I didn't touch her. I didn't pray for her. God did it. You understand what I'm saying? So sometimes before you even get to, to preach his word. <laughs> I had to learn as a preacher how long to preach. You know, when the anointing comes in, God is saying, Shut up, I'm ready to do this. If it doesn't come in, He'll say, Keep preaching because they don't have it yet. It's just that way. But God trains you how to work with Him. But when you've been with Jesus, there's evidence that is unmistakable to people even people who are not believers will get that unmistakable evidence that you have been with Jesus you know Miss Jackie the Lord to tell me to tell you he's going to use you mightily in healing ministry where are you working now sweetie right so are you doing you're doing mostly paperwork are you seeing patients or what Uh huh. Calling people up, so voice contact. Come on up here for a second. I'm gonna pray for you, okay? And and anoint your hands, and just because I really do believe, you know, the compassion is there. Because if you weren't compassionate, you wouldn't even take this kind of job on. But God wants to empower you to do more. They gonna know you've been with Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. You want to give her a chair? Why don't we put a chair behind Miss Jackie? Because our little space is tight here. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, I bless you. I I anoint these hands, such as I have. I give Miss Jackie. Lord, use her mightily. You sit down, sweetie. Yeah, it's all over you. Just use her mightily, Father. Use her voice. Use her hands. Use her total being, Father. Let the gifts of the Spirit flow. Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. How to approach people. What to say. What to do and when. Father, let her not be concerned about discretion. Because she can heal people with her voice, with minimal contact. Let it be a very powerful thing that works with her and works in her for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. You can just sit there for a minute, sweetie, and let God impart to you. Amen. You know, it's when God places us places, it's not always... Sometimes we'll just think, oh, I just need a change of job or... I need to make this, but you always belong to God. See, these things are ordained and orchestrated by God for his purpose and for his glory. And so when we when we get a change and we go somewhere and do something, always remember who you are and whom you serve. That always comes first. The, the glory of God is always there to impart to us and put us in the right place at the right time. Because people are so hungry and thirsty 
for the things of God. I mean, it, it goes from healing to finances to healing. They, those seem to be the two big things. And what does the word say? He will prosper us and will be in health as our souls prosper. So God already has the answer. He knows those are going to be big issues for most people. And he's already guaranteed that we receive that from him. So it's it's a wonderful thing. And it's great to be used by God. So we just we just bless you, Miss Jackie. We pray for you. And uh, if we can pray for any, if you get some hard cases, you want to text us and send us the names we'll add them to our prayer Pastor Shirley just started that new poster remember she raised people that she found there so she started a new healing uh, poster and she said God told her uh, gave her a scripture even to pray over that to make it easier for us to make sure these people get prayed for uh, so he wants them he, he wants them well that's what she said he told her that God wants these people well doesn't want us sick amen so we thank God for that praise God amen amen you done Miss Jackie you sit there for a little bit you can yeah do that you sit there the whole service i don't care whatever you want to do when you feel you want to go back to your seat you can so praise god amen all right so god wants us to stand out got it he wants us to be known the bible says we are sanctified and that means we are set apart for him to use us not for anybody else to use us not for the devil to use us not for uh, mooching relatives to use us you know how that goes sometimes they find out you're a Christian they think you're an easy mark amen that's why it's good to give to God first they don't have nothing to get from you <laughs> just a joke you know a preacher joke but anyway uh, you know in, in, and I think it's good to have the ability to help but also have discretion to help but God wants us to help in supernatural ways not always natural ways but supernatural ways and so he wants us to stand out for his purposes so at times he will allow others to know that we have been sent by him you'll let people know i know we've all experienced this i've met people and after a period of time they will say uh, once they find out you're a christian they'll say well i knew there was something different about you there was or they'll say special or something like that why god wants we're marked by the holy spirit god wants us to stand out in a unique way so we must have evidence in this life of our devotion to god in order to fulfill the great commission there's got to be evidence when you're devoted to the lord it's something that's devoted that just means that you are for you're set aside for that one distinct purpose so we are all devoted to god we're dedicated to him from the foundation of the earth there's no way we can get around that that's not something you do and you initiate that's something that's god ordained and you just go along with it you know we think we initiate a lot of things but we really don't they're in our hearts put there by god you know sometimes you'll just oh i just really really want to do so and so and such and such and you go on a quest to find out how to do that thing and all that those things are put in there by god that's not just you thinking up stuff you want to do and like one day i want to be a great preacher you know (laughs) or save the world uh nobody calls themselves uh, to their lives but they are such a part of you that sometimes you can think that you really did think it up or you it really did originate with you but these things originate with god 
many Christians who uh, uh, get persecuted and even martyred go to their death they don't wake up one day and say oh I think I want to die for God you, you understand what I'm saying that doesn't happen uh, but what happens is out of your devotion to the Lord certain things will happen to you in your life and so God wants us to stand out he wants others to know that we have been with him and, and for a good reason and that is for us to fulfill the great commission God is still wanting people to be saved I don't care how mean they are how evil they are how much damage they do to everybody else around them he still wants them to be saved he wants the terrorists saved he wants the the uh you know the homeless person saved he wants everybody saved these are people made in God's image they just lost their way you know they they live a life reflecting on just negative stuff and and uh, discouragement uh evil report bad news and and so many times what you reflect on becomes your life and so jesus came to give us life and that more abundantly that's that's the life that he died for everybody to receive and he wants people to receive that he has to have somebody to tell him about it and so he chooses us to be his messengers and he allows people to see that we have been with him when we receive Christ we receive him by revelation of the spirit when we stand apart we stand apart by revelation of the spirit so the Holy Spirit works with us and he makes others discern who we are and whose we serve who we we belong to and who we serve our part though is to spend time with the Lord time is very important everybody seems to feel they're running out of it and that's true for certain things there's certain things that are on a time schedule and a time restraint but we're not running out of time with God you can always retreat to the realm of the spirit and spend time with the Lord and that time will extend your natural time it's amazing Uh, you know uh, I remember Gloria Copeland (coughs) giving a testimony (coughs) When she was newly married, uh, Ken, she and Ken were newly married. They had two small children. And she said, it seemed like I spent my whole day chasing after those kids and trying to do my, my uh, take care of the house and all that. Uh, her husband worked full time. And they were, I think he was a student or they were both students uh, uh, at the time. Uh, I know they went to ORU. I'm not sure if they were there yet or prior to going there but she said that she was telling God oh, I don't have time to do this she knew God was calling her to spend quality time with her, him in the word and in prayer and she would complain to God that she couldn't do it because I got the kids I got this he said well spend time with me first and then I will show you what I can help you do with the rest of the time. She said those kids were so well behaved. She spent time with the Lord. And she said it was like she had an extra babysitter, extra hand, set of hands helping her manage things. Why? Because whatever you offer to God first, he increases and gives you more of it. If you lack time, give the first fruits of your time to God. And he will increase it and you'll be able to accomplish more with the time that you have. I can think of instances where I felt like time stood still or everything stood still. Just for me to be able to get something done that God <clears throat> wanted to get done. 
I can remember praying with people in public places and you know it was like there's nobody around for for minutes and and then you know a half hour or so uh except when you go to receive give pre, uh, pray for people to get baptized in the holy spirit it seems like people come out of the woodworks to disturb your atmosphere that's always going to be true this has been true. I've observed that since I was a new Christian. I can remember being in a church where <clears throat> they were supposedly spirit filled, but it was a lot of traditional people coming out of traditional churches, and they liked their religion. Most of them did, you know. So they, you might get some praying in tongues, and the devil steals it from them. They'll say, "Well, mine wasn't real," or you know what I'm saying. That kind of stuff. It just wasn't the atmosphere where that can grow. Uh, which is another aside. If you know people who are who uh, have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and they're still in traditional churches, they're not going to grow there. You know, God blesses you and leads you out of that environment so you can now grow in the new knowledge that you have. But I can remember every time I would be sitting there on the pew praying with somebody after service you know the pastor would say oh you know uh, uh, minister barb can you pray with so and so and so and so and i'd be sitting there nobody'd be around until i offered the holy spirit and then all of a sudden all these little feet came over there want to sit beside you and wanted to having conversations over here over there anything to stop the atmosphere from 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 being conducive to the outpour of the spirit on that person I don't care where you are. I've been to the supermarket. Pray with people. You can lay hands on them. You can pray for the sick. The minute you go to. So when we when we decide to minister the power of God you have to be ready to fight your way through this and make sure that that you're able to to do what what God wants you to do but when you uh, have been with Jesus you are empowered to be successful in all things so I don't ever let the devil take that away from us that uh, we can't minister certain things here you can't pray for the sick here you pray for them anywhere God God shows up and wants you to pray for them uh, God will take care of that and he is doing it to, to for you to stand out so that people can know who it is that's got the goods. People have to know who to come to when they need help. I know many of you are in, in families where uh, half of them are saved, half of them claim to be saved, and the other half, they're mostly all outlaws, you know what I'm saying? But there you got some churchgoers, you got some real saved people, you got some halfway saved people, you got some people who watch you like a hawk, all that kind of stuff. Well, God has set you there as an example and as a sign, as a witness. I don't care what state those people are in. So, you know, usually if you really serve God and you're in a family, you're known as the crazy person. Or the, uh, you're either the mean person, you're the crazy person, or they don't bother with you at all. But just like Nicodemus did, you know, after hours, he came to see Jesus to ask him the question. So they're going to find you when they have trouble. Don't worry about what they think of you on a day-to-day basis. When it, when trouble comes, these people know you've been with Jesus. It just sticks out all over you. 
And they'll come when you least expect it and when you least suspect it. And you think, well, gee, I thought they didn't want to have anything to do with me. And gee, I thought I was the, you know, the black sheep of the family or whatever it is. But as soon as there's trouble in their lives, they think, oh, yeah, I better go. Well, I can't go up to her now. I'm going to find out where she is. I ain't going to the church. And that's the other thing. You know, well, I say that for me because I'm a minister. But, you know, they don't want to come to the church. They'll all of a sudden want to come and see you. And you ain't sure you want to see them because the last time you saw them, they talked nasty about you or to you. And so this is where we as believers have to understand who we are. But when you spend time with Jesus, it shows. It definitely shows. And you, you need to be glad that it shows because that is God's marking on you. You're set apart. They know that when when you pray, there's no shenanigans. You're going to get results. I can remember going for for with my family. If I would offer to pray for them, I can pray for myself. Now they come by night sneaking up in there. Can you pray for me? You understand what I'm saying? And see, if if I was the wrong kind of person, I could be mean, but that would mean I hadn't been with Jesus. You hear me? The persecution comes because of him, not because of you. So we can't take persecution personally because it comes from our association with the Lord. So that's just another indication that you're on the right road. You have been with Jesus and they know it. They know it. If they wanted him, they'd love you. But they don't want him until they need him. See what I'm saying? So we need him all the time because we're servants. People on the outside feel like they don't really need God. You know, it's like God in a bottle and I'll pour him out when I need when I'm in an emergency I would have family members I would say well I've been praying for you oh it's not that serious yet I said really you want to wait for it to get worse what can be worse than cancer what can be worse than mental illness it's not bad enough for you yet so in being with Jesus we worship him Learn, pray. What does that mean to be with him? You you do what he tells you to do. Spend time doing what he tells you to do and relating to him as your God, your Lord, and your Savior. So that means that he always wants us to come to him with thanksgiving and praise and worship him. Sit at his feet and learn from him. Just get comfortable being in the presence of God. Pray and ask for power and instruction to do what he wants you to do. It's also easy. It's just that we make it difficult sometimes because we don't have that time that we set aside often enough to learn more about him. It's just like finding the love of your life or your soulmate or whatever people call your boo. I was talking to a girl at the hotel and she was telling me I hadn't seen her. I saw on the calendar where it was her birthday and uh, I shouldn't tell this but anyway I'd had a little little dispute with somebody and had a gift for him and I took it back. No, it just happened that I didn't. Well, so I did take it back. I go lie under the anointing. But anyway, I said, hey, I'll give it to somebody probably appreciate it. And they, they couldn't take it with them anyway. But anyway, I said, I'm going to bless you for your birthday, girlfriend. So anyway, I hadn't seen her since her birthday. And 
And so she was telling me about her, how her good her birthday was. She said, I left out of here and people had just blessed me. I had $250 cash, she said. And, and, uh, and you know, my, my, my man, he, he took me out. And, and uh, you know, and I said to myself, I said, look, boo, I can't be eating all this rich food. Now I got to trim it down. A little. <laughs> That's okay. Boo. So, yeah, boo. So, <laughs> So anyhow, I guess maybe that's easy to figure out who people are because you don't have to have names anymore. Just call them all blue. Okay, well that makes it easy. I understand it now. But anyway, you know, if he's your boo or whoever it is. But Jesus really is our significant person. You got me? He's our significant one that we want to spend all of our time with. All of our devotion goes to him. Don't don't leave anything on the side, you know, for like the things that we don't want to give over to him. We kind of try to manage ourselves. Uh, don't try to live your life like that. Just let him have the whole thing. In Luke 9, 1, it tells us that Jesus gave the disciples power over all the works of darkness. Power of all evil. Matthew 10, 1 says the same thing. So they went about doing good. And this was new. Because the the church had been silent. They hadn't had a prophet come through in over 400 years. And then Jesus, no, John the Baptist came on the scene first preaching about Jesus. Jesus began to gather men unto himself to teach them his ways and empower them and give them power over all the works of darkness. Amen. And so he chose leaders. He chose men who would stand up for him. These were chosen before the foundation of the earth. You know, people say, well, why didn't he choose any women? I don't know. Ask God. You understand what I'm saying? We didn't have a protest march back in them days. People were trying to survive. And so we, he gave them power over all the works of darkness. And then they went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil just like Jesus did because God was with them. So while Jesus was here on the earth, they spent time with him physically. They spent time with him going from place to place. Being discipled into the ministry. It's amazing how we don't do that anymore in modern days. Uh, we don't want to travel with the minister because ministers, if they're any good, they'll make you pay for your own transportation and stuff. You know, it's part of your developing your faith. If you're going to learn to be a preacher, you got to develop your faith for doing these things. And so it's, you know, I think it's nice if everything can be paid for but it has to be paid for by your spirit your that's how you pay the price for things through your spirit uh, through developing your spirit praying through your spirit all of that that's how you develop who you are and that's how you get the the ministry that's where the ministry comes from is through our spiritual exercises and developing our faith so if we follow the example of Jesus it was similar to the school of the prophets that they used to have these men would go and stay for a period of time if Jesus said well it's time to go to this city and that city they had to pick up and go and that's how God knows he can trust you Uh, if there's nothing you love more more than him 
you know then then you just have to prove that to him he'll make you prove it to him Uh, we can say we love him all we want but if it's never proven it's not real and so Jesus then would call his disciples they would have to leave their occupations Uh, could you imagine their households uh uh babe um uh uh, we met this guy, and you know, he just decided, you know, he's a prophet and all that. We know that, you know. He he told me where I lived. He told me some stuff by myself, and uh, we just gonna quit fishing. Now, before Jesus told him to leave their nets, what did he do? Remember? Yeah, got it. Uh, Jesus will never pay you less than the devil will. And he will not leave your family without a means of support. So the disciples caught what? Two shiploads of fish? That should have kept them going for at least a year. You got me? Jesus can set you up financially for a whole year in advance if you will just obey him. So do it. What did the widow, what happened to her? Remember her? Uh, two of them, as a matter of fact. One with the the barrel of meal. Said her household ate for many days. How many as many? As many as you want to believe it was. But they didn't starve, that's for sure, off of that one barrel of meal. Same thing with the cruise of oil. If she could have borrowed more more jugs, she would have had more oil. It continued to pour. So God is not stingy. He's not trying to hold us back or test us beyond where we can really survive with our faith. But Jesus called them out of where they were so that they could be set apart with him so that the anointing would grow. You can't grow an anointing in a place that's not anointed, that doesn't support it. So they had to live, say like communally, but I'm sure they had times when they would go back to be with the family. They would have times, and I'm sure they missed some meetings. You know, people are always trying to miss something to show that they have power to miss things. I don't know why. But, you know, he... There were times, I'm sure, where they had to check back with their families and make sure everything was okay. And that was fine with the Lord. But they were still on a mission to learn and be discipled. And this is the interesting thing. They didn't know they only had three years to learn the ministry. You got me? They didn't know that in advance. But the ones who stayed were steadfast. And so that's what God looks at. He looks at your steadfastness. There are many people who will study for years and years and years and never get in the ministry. That's probably because they're focusing on the wrong thing. They really haven't been with Jesus. When you're with him, it pays off. When you're with him, he empowers you. When you're with him, you learn his wisdom. You learn all of those things. They just they are part of the spirit of Christ that's imparted to you by that submission and contact. So when you have been with Jesus, it's known. He makes it known. He wants it to be known. He's not stingy about sharing his power, imparting his power. In fact, he wants to give it away. You know, some people think what they have is so important and so precious they don't want to impart it to anybody. You know, just all this playing around with people's heads. 
But when you have something that's valid that is of God, it can be transferred on to other people with no problem. All they have to do is recognize when the Spirit comes upon them and they'll be able to move into that place of ministry. That's all it is. Just keep a heart of love and compassion toward people. It'll show up. The anointing always shows up when you're compassionate and you're loving and you make yourself available to people. So in Acts chapter 4, we'll go there. And we'll see a situation where um, with Peter and John. Now in chapter three, <clears throat> there, there's a. We'll go to three, the first part. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain lame man from his mother's womb. So this man never walked. He was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for some money. Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. In other words, quit looking at our hands, our purses, where we keep our money. Look at me. This is common for people who need a healing or need prayer. They need to be focused on what they need and not distracted by what they think they need. I've seen, I've had people come up to the altar and I'll ask them to walk a little bit. They want to get prayer. My knee hurts or I had surgery on my knee and it didn't heal right. Blah this, blah that. If they will stay focused on what they ask for, they'll get it. But oftentimes people look around and notice other people are looking at them. So it's how you lose your healing. Because you'll get it if you stay humble and stay focused on getting what you came for. If people looking on distracts you, you won't get anything. It's like Jesus when he was in the crowd. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? As far as we know, she and that centurion's daughter were the only two people that got healed. Because the people were pushing and thronging and pushing against Jesus. And he said, who touched me? The disciples said, all these people touched you. What do you mean who's not? Uh -uh, This one was different. Somebody touched me in faith. And that's what he's looking for. So all these people running around have no faith and don't want anything. They just want to be part of the crowd. You know the type. Oh, we went to so-and-so and such-and-such conference. Oh, we had a high time in the Holy Ghost. And you know, all this stuff. they just name droppers. Jesus had name droppers in his crowd, too. There was tons of them. But people who came in faith, there was no stopping them to get what they needed from him. And that's the important part. So here are these men. Peter said, he said, just look at us. Don't beg. Don't ask. Look at me. And he gave heed to them, still expecting to get something. You know, God will take a little bit of faith from us and work a miracle with it. Now, this man is still holding on to his desire, but he looks at them and is distracted from his begging mode. Now he gets totally in expectation mode. How many beggars... Sit just to sit and not expect. Now think about it. This man sits out there every day. Maybe every now and then he'll get a coin or two. 
So for the most part, let's say this. If the law of faith is working properly, his expectors should get him a lot of money every time he goes out there. But he probably goes out there and gets very little. Why? Because his expectors expired. Peter and John tell him, look at us. You know, like giving people the stink eye. (laughs) And so he does that. And the fact now that he's got somebody's attention. Now think about it. People walk past him all the time. He gets discouraged and deflated. Doesn't expect anything anymore. He's just sitting there. He's probably doing that for years. Peter, by the Holy Spirit, understands this man can get his healing if you can get him to expect again. See, some of us have been in conditions so long that we quit expecting and that's really the problem why it doesn't turn around your specters expired God comes with his word and his power to revive your expector and get your expectation out there and so here this man because he obeys the disciples now is looking and expecting to get something he might have been thinking well if it's just one coin it's just one coin but I got these men's attention and they said look at us he said they might be getting ready to do something for me so his expector gets revived and that's what we do when we preach we revive people's expectation of good when you minister the word to people when you tell them you you know Jesus died for your sickness and your pain Uh, let me pray for you because we're going to expect God to come through for you. You're not going to die. You're going to live. And you're going to tell everybody what God has done for you. Amen. And so this is where this is where the expectation comes. It comes with the words of the minister and with the instruction of the minister to the person who needs something. So he gave, he paid attention to them and did it with expecting to get something from these two men and that's all the faith God needed that you expect something after you start receiving then the expectation will increase on its own now just think about it for a minute say for instance uh, people that get healed I was trying to think who was was it Cheryl remember Cheryl Cohill and she was limping in here and, and I asked her, I said, well, let me pray for you and, you know, get this, whatever, you know. And she sat and I prayed just a prayer and she said, you know what? She said, when I sat down, she said, after you prayed, the power of God just hit me and I jumped up. You got me? Same thing here. The power of God hit this man and he jumped up. If you don't expect results, you won't get results as a minister. Always expect that God will come through for you and you've done your part you got me just speak what he tells you to speak pray how he tells you to pray but expect so this man's expectation meets the disciples expectation and God shows up it says and Peter said silver and gold I don't have but such as I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk so he takes the material off the table you have to let people know what you're going to do for them 
or his expector will go right down back down the tubes again he sees no money and he gets deflated again but you tell him no i don't have money but i got something else so you keep the expectation high for them and then they can step in and receive what it is that you have for don't ever think somebody's healing depends on you you're the vessel just stay with what god's telling you stay in expectation stay in faith stay encouraged and you'll get the job done if you start thinking it depends on you you'll get discouraged by what you see but never get discouraged you have to discipline yourself to stay in there because that person's health is depending upon you staying with jesus same jesus that you've been with all the time you got to take him with you into the arena of of the miracle and into the arena of the ministry and so he says and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up you can't be afraid to help people get up when they need to be healed by the direction of the Holy Spirit. You can't just go around yanking people out of wheelchairs because you think you want to see a miracle. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Many times there's a different level of anointing for miracles than there is for say a simple pain relief or something like that you can tell the holy spirit gives you mucho help when somebody is about to get something extraordinary Uh, i can remember a woman came to the altar once and she had a cast on her foot and uh, when she came up she I said you want your foot healed and she started praying in tongues and ran around the room and I never saw her after that I was <laughs> can we have a testimony or you know where'd she go did we get the offering first or you know she's so happy she just I, she just and couldn't speak any English and she ran around the room and we never saw her anymore after that but I guess she's happy you understand what I'm saying so the power of God can hit people with a, a great jolt sometimes to jolt them back over into healing over into health whatever it is that that they need and and the things that you do will emulate what Jesus did they will be the same things that Jesus did Um, I see many people now relying on prophecy and I think they're doing it too much it's almost getting into fortune telling because people line up just like they would for a horoscope every day to see what else God has got to say to them which I don't think is correct administration of that Uh, and many of these prophets do not have any signs or anything else to go with it so it's not validated yet you see that they've been with jesus you need to have a healing anointing you can't just prophesy to people forever you know no matter how accurate it may be you've got to prove that you've been with jesus and jesus is the healer he won't leave people sick and give them a word about something and they go back home sick i don't think that's right well you can think what you want to think but you better pay attention now because these are things that people can easily and words are the easiest things to manufacture and the easiest things to borrow from the dark side so you have to know that people have been with jesus and you know it because he confirms his word with signs following they heal they get delivered 
they are set free uh, their wounds are bound up people's countenance will change when the word of God comes into them and, and helps them in a, a supernatural way even in your soul these things have to be validated folks you can't have Jesus as you can't be with him and not have his ministry let me put it to you that way so uh, so they, they this man is healed and so then uh, in verse we see in the rest of chapter 3, the people are amazed at what's going on. And then Peter preaches and explains to people that this isn't about us. You got me? It's not our holiness. It's not our good living. It's not our abilities that have made this man whole. But it's faith in the name of Jesus. That's, that's what we go by. The same Jesus that we spend time with when he was alive, we spend time with him now in prayer. And he's present with us at all times. And so they were then uh, threatened by the, of course, the religious people of that day. And in chapter 4 and verse 1 it says, As they spake to the people, the priest, the captain of the temple, the Sadducees came upon them. Just like they did with Jesus. The same things when you've been with Jesus the evidence is there in all areas. Not just the good stuff that we like participating in. We all want to get people healed. We all want to preach the gospel and lead them to Christ and all that kind of stuff. But you're going to suffer the same persecution because you have the same power and the same anointing. And so it says being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now evening. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of men was about 5,000. So you got one synagogue of angry people against 5,000 converts in the city, turning the city upside down. So now they're outnumbered. They're not sure what to do. And it came to pass on the, the morrow that the rulers and elders and scribes, Annas the high priest, Caiaphas and John and Alexander, as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together in Jerusalem. So here the high priest goes home and gets his boys. Huh? This is the family gang. You see how unclean this kind of stuff is? This opposition to what's right, opposition to good, opposition. Now why did he have to go home and get his boys? You know, they're just a little gang. We got gangs running the synagogue. You got me? And so when they don't want they don't want uh Peter and John to preach, why? Because they're gonna steal people from them. Religious people are always their head counters. And uh, jealousy baiters. They're, they're, they'll produce an evil report about somebody who's anointed. They'll try and tell people not to come to your meeting, you know, forever and ever. Oh, stay away from them. Stay away from them. Stay away from them. You know, don't go over there. I remember I, I, my husband was alive. And <laughs> I shouldn't tell this, but it is the truth. You know, uh, you don't want to speak ill about preachers, but some of them can get deceived and do some really crazy stuff. And uh, <clears throat> there was a man, he had 
asked me to preach at his church and you know we'd have fellowship together we'd come over and they'd eat dinner with us and and my husband really liked him and at that time he wasn't really committed to the Lord and uh, you know he but he would watch these things and uh, you know I used to think I said well God let's find some people that are really real people so he won't get turned off but you know God lets people God knows how to get people straight on what you can't protect people from the good and the bad that's out there you understand what I'm saying God will help them make their own decisions about it but I found out later you know after a while our meetings kind of dwindled and you know his people would come a little bit you know to the meetings and then they quit coming all together and and uh, one of the ladies at his church said well he told us to be careful about you and don't come over to your meeting anymore and so I called him and I asked him about it I said brother I said is there something well you know there's so many people out there calling themselves prophets and all this kind of stuff well I'm really sorry to hear that I said but I thought you and I knew one another by the spirit of God I said you know we've we have mutual minister friends that we've shared and done meetings together and all this kind of stuff I said what's wrong now and God began to show me what was wrong he said once you start to show them that you have really been with Jesus and you're not just talking about it once the evidence is there it's irrefutable evidence and they don't know how to handle it I can tell you the people that that took that stand against this ministry in the early days none of them are preaching today none of them have a ministry some of them went home to be with the Lord early I mean it's a I would rather just you know not have a tongue than to use it to try and and slash somebody else that's serving God don't get involved in that stuff it's it's just wrong stuff Uh, you know sometimes as a minister you know God will direct you to direct people the right way if you see they're getting deranged you know from from following somebody that doesn't really have it all you got to warn people that they're your flock you know you have to keep them together but by and large you don't have to really malign somebody to keep your flock together you know you can pray and you can tell them you know what I'm not sure about this person's ministry or something like that or whatever and don't encourage it but you have to be careful that you don't cut down somebody who is really serving God because God won't put up with it I'm telling you I'm a witness he don't put up with that kind of stuff so uh, Jesus it says that they were uh, the opposers the religious crowd were grieved verse 3 they laid hands on them and put them in the jail etc but all these people were already converted so what you need to know is when you've been with Jesus you just keep preaching you keep going you keep doing what you do you keep praying for open doors you keep praying for more power you just keep going as though nothing is happening against you it says and it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers elders and scribes all of these people were gathered together and when they had set them in the midst they asked them what power and what name have you in what power and what name have you done this now I subscribe to a daily newsletter that is called Pray in Jesus Name where there is a the man is a chaplain and he keeps up with all of the lawsuits 
against people to keep them from praying in the name of Jesus. In the military, many chaplains are told they can't pray in the name of Jesus. They are told that they can't carry a Bible because it might offend the Muslims who are in the... You you understand, these are Christians. You don't have to come to them if you don't want to. But yet, they are not allowed to be bold and obvious about who they serve they're trying to make them serve in a closet so this is real folks this is very real and so he says Peter filled with the Holy Ghost said unto them you rulers of the people and elders of Israel if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole be it known to you all this is where boldness comes this is where you don't shrink back this is where you're you're confident about who you serve and he says this proves you've been with Jesus because being with Jesus gives you that confidence and it insulates you from thinking that some harm will come to you because it's not you that's prominent anymore it's God that's prominent through you so they're really talking to the Lord and don't even know it it says when they they said uh, and and if we are examined of this good deed by what made, means this man is made whole be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified whom God raised from the dead even by him does this man stand here before you whole your Lord has conquered death. He's the only person that ever died and was raised. Well, we have more, you know, believers, but he was raised from the dead in that in 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 that he carried sin into the grave with him and the grave could not hold him. Just couldn't hold him. He had to come out of there. No sin was laid to his charge. He never did anything wrong. He didn't go to hell for for himself. He went there for us. And he says that that who you crucified, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. This is boldness, folks, when you don't let people off the hook. Peter's not talking here in generalities. He's talking right to the men who are trying to accuse him of doing something wrong. You've got to stand toe-to-toe with the enemy and see him back up and see him fall down. So you can look at that as your time. This is your hour to get promoted. You got me? Don't think about anything bad that can happen because it will turn around for your good. Uh, Remember Kim, uh, what was that girl's? Kim Davis. Remember the little uh, (laughs) registrar? She's giving out marriage licenses. And she's maybe five years became a Christian. And you know how it is when you're a new Christian. You just think, oh boy, I can't do anything wrong, which is right. You understand what I'm saying? But this is the mindset of a new believer. And you just obey God the best way you can, which is what most of us need to do. And I'm saying that to say that there are people who are older in the Lord who wouldn't have stood for Christ the way this girl did. Because they prove every day by their preaching they're not standing for God. And so she she decides she's not going to give out any marriage licenses to same-sex couples. And she said, really, I thought they would make an exception for me. She said, I didn't mean to start any kind of a movement or controversy. She said, because 
We have vegetarians and we don't make them give out hunting licenses because they don't eat meat. And she said, I thought my situation would be handled just like that. They make an exception in my case. Instead, they sent her to jail. And she stayed in jail, I think, almost for a week. There were many Christians who were leaders that came to her rescue and spoke up for her. In the end, they did make an exception for her. She doesn't sign them. Somebody else in the office signs them, and it's life as usual. But she did not back down. Now, I saw Christians on Facebook making comments like, well, when it's your job, you need to do your job. What's more important, your job or God? Amen. See, you're not in her shoes. You can't tell her what to do. You can't tell her how important that job is compared to her. She's been with Jesus. You understand me? When you're with Jesus, you take on his boldness, you take on his confidence, you take on his attitude, and you don't shrink back and you don't back down. Hallelujah. And that's what she did. She stood for what she believed in. And God stood for her. That's the important part. You stand for him and he'll stand for you. And so it says here, and the rest of them, it says, uh, it, it says uh, uh, fear came all, on the, all these people when they heard these things. Verse 11. Verse 12, and by the hands of the apostles, so nobody stopped them. You see him confronting these elders and in the next chapter he's doing more signs and wonders. We just go about business as usual. We're not stopped by these comments. In fact, we welcome controversy. Because God will give you an answer for all of it. It says, by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders worked among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And the rest didn't, uh, did no man join himself to them. But the people magnified them. And believers were added to the Lord. Multitudes of them. Men and women. Men. Oh I'm sorry. I'm over in chapter 5. I want to stay with chapter 4. Sorry about that. Alright. Huh? 4 verse 12. I'm sorry. I was getting all excited here. Alright. So the yeah right I said oh boy more signs and wonders you can see where my heart is he said this is the stone that was set at naught by you builders verse eleven which has become the head of the corner neither is there salvation so he gives them the whole picture healing deliverance salvation there's salvation in no other name given under heaven and I believe in in sharing Christ with people when when you pray for them and they get healed. If they're not believers, you need to ask them. And if they're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to ask them that too and minister it to them. It says, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and also they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. So how can you have no education and be ignorant and can't talk and got up and gave this big speech and got all these people. <laughs> That's what they look at. And they said when they saw that, they put it all together and they knew that they had been with Jesus. You got me? God has his way of letting people know who you are and whom you serve. Let God prove to people 
who you are. He'll prove it through the way that you conduct yourself in these situations where people have needs. I think that's the biggest. That's why when we when we get involved sometimes with church, we always have a ministry to needy people because they're needy people everywhere all the time, and they see you as different from the other church or different from the church down the street or different from this group or different from that group. Even though we can all be Christians, there are some of us who spend our time with the Lord and some of us who just go through the motions. And you want to be the one that's been with Jesus. When you've been with Jesus, you take on his spirit. These observers saw the boldness and confidence. The fruit of, fruit of the spirit guides your inner man. You can have a very strong inner man and not look like much on the outside. You know, you can look a little frail, you can look a little timid, whatever. And all of a sudden that boldness and confidence comes out. Further evidence that you've been with Jesus. Humbling yourself to the Lord allows you to change inwardly. And that expresses who you are on the outside. So who you are on the inside will eventually come out on the outside. You're not aware of doing things for an outer show. But you're aware of Jesus. That's what you want to be. This does not mean that you will never have weaknesses to overcome or challenges. Don't let your challenges derail you from giving evidence to the fact that you spend time with Jesus. Don't let that derail you. But overall you will prevail over all obstacles because of your inner strength in him. Amen. There's an inner strength. It's not that you prevail because God uses you to do this, that, or the other. You prevail because you spend time with him and that fortifies your inner man. You take on the image of Christ. Who you spend time with, you you start to kind of act like them, talk like them, look like them. Kind of imitate one another, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, uh, my late husband used to say, he said, Ah, oh, if I start a sentence, she'll finish it for me. You know, it's always called me old ball and chain. All those endearing terms, you know. That's what you call your boo. Yes. Whatever. <laughs> So weaknesses will come, but you'll overcome all of them. Amen. You see obstacles as just that, temporary interruptions in your life. That's all, just a temporary interruption. But your inner confidence keeps you going toward God. So as a believer, you have confidence to step in the place of ministry just like Peter and John did. You know, God starts to nudge you and talk to you about somebody boldness and confidence will give you the ability to step over that threshold there's like an entry point a place of decision where you decide to step into the anointing and ask that person if they desire prayer God wants you healed he wants you well can I pray for you that kind of thing being with Jesus there's a lady that I see at the hotel all the time and she walks her feet somehow are turned outside and she walks with a cane all the time but boy is he getting around and I've been praying with her because I see her off and on all the time and I just keep asking God God if you ever get me to the point where I can pray with her let me set it up and I'm available that's all you have to say to God 
and you don't have to follow her around. I don't follow her around the hotel. I don't try to find out what room she's in. You understand? You don't stalk people to minister to them. And so uh, the other day, I finally came face to face with her. She was coming in the gatehouse. I was going out, and I asked her. I said, "Well, what do you want me to do?" I said, "Do I stand out of the way, open it?" I said, "You got it." And she said, "You can hold it for me." I said, "Cool." And so we did it. We just a little brief exchange, friendly talk, and that was it. I didn't pin her in the doorway and demand that she drop her cane and start trotting off somewhere. You understand what I'm saying? Chill, okay? So even when the time comes, if there's a miracle with her name on it and I'm the one to minister it to her, I'm available. And that's as far as you need to take it, folks. When you've been with Jesus, you know how far to take it. So as a believer, you will have confidence to step into a place of ministry just like Peter and John did. Being with Jesus leaves an impression upon us plus a deposit of his life. His life actually comes into you. You have to be confident about these things. You have to know that all you have to do is say yes to God and he does the rest. You know, he qualifies us to do these things. Now, you can't sit up and watch, you know, six hours of everybody's housewife every day. You got to spend time. You got me? You have to spend time. And when you leave that place of receiving from God, meditate on what you received. Don't just leave it there. Think about it throughout the day. Think about it from time. You know, let it be in your heart. God, I want to be used by you to do mighty things. There's so much hurt out here and so much need. Let me be the one that that stands up for you and, and can do good things for you and so forth and so on. And do it every day. I don't do it often enough. I should do it more. And I think that's true of all of us. So we can all make a greater commitment to spend time with him. Let him know we're available and understand what we're here for. Once you know what you're here for, you got it made. And most Christians don't know that. They think they're here just to go to church. Some of them understand that they're supposed to give. But if they don't like what's going on, they quit giving. You understand what? They're not really giving to God. Probably giving to a man or to a building. And so we have to really know deep down what we're here for. So being with Jesus leaves an impression upon us. Plus we get a deposit of his life. And what does the life of Jesus look like? We have many examples in the New Testament of how the life of Jesus is expressed through a person. In the example we just had, Jesus was proven through the healing of a man that had never walked all of his life. And you would look at that and say, Jesus would do that. He would lay hand, he would get that man healed. He would heal that man. And that's all we have to know is that it validates the ministry of Jesus Christ. Jesus would make him whole. So the disciples obeyed the spirit of Christ and ministered to them. Amen. So they said, look on us. They got his expector out. And that's not wrong to do. Many times we think people have to come with everything. You know, and then we'll get mad. If, if, if our prayer doesn't heal them, then we get mad at them. I had to to really sit down, take somebody aside, and and just counsel them and say, "Now look, you can't continue to treat people like this." You know, and, you know, they were saying, "Well, I prayed for him, and and I could feel that you know, I don't care what you felt. If they didn't walk, 
It wasn't done. You understand? It is not their fault. You don't see Jesus rebuking and blaming and leaving somebody sick and walking off from them. That ain't cool. Now, I don't care how powerful you think your prayers are. You, you, Jesus would encourage their faith. That's what you do. And they were telling me, well, I just told them you, you left your healing. and you, I said, why would you do that? Do you have more compassion? Are they doing this for you? Or are they you? Are were you working for them? Or are they working for you? You understand what I'm saying? I just, it just, you know, it gets beyond me sometimes. It, people's hearts can get so stony so fast. When you step into the arena of ministry, you stay humble throughout the whole process. You can't get mad at people and get fatigued at people because they don't, you know, it's just ridiculous. It just really is. So you've been with yourself. You haven't been with Jesus if you come away with that attitude about somebody. Jesus will work to make that person whole by encouraging and building their faith. Many of the people got healed, got head, came with no faith showing. And Jesus would work with them until he got their faith to be expressed. Remember the woman with the daughter, with the, with the crazy daughter? He called that woman a dog. But he did it by the instruction of the Holy Spirit. And what does she say next? She got mad back at him. See, people can come to the altar and pretend to love the Lord. And if there's something standing between them and God, it needs to be removed. Now, most of us don't have the boldness and the confidence to do the things Jesus did. So don't even try it. You know, don't try this at home. He's a professional. But I'm telling you, there is a way to provoke faith out of people. And Jesus did it perfectly. He knew that woman was playing games with him. Came up pretending to worship him, pretending to be all into it and all this and all that. And that attitude was blocking her faith. So what's he going to do? Let her go on pretending or provoke her in such a way that her faith gets expressed and her daughter gets healed. He decided to provoke her until her faith was expressed. And he called her a dog and she said, yeah, but even the dogs get the crumbs from the table. You got me? That was an expression of faith. That was an expression of faith. And she got her daughter healed with that expression of faith. She was not going to get it pretending to love God and pretending to worship Jesus and trying to do all the right things to get the healing. You can't do nothing right to get it. You've got to believe. That's why Jesus said believe only. In other words, believe and no shenanigans added. You don't have to add anything to that. You got me? Just believe and express your faith in him. When she came up, she was thinking he could probably do it, but she didn't know how to get him to do it. That's where many of us are. We see the Bible. We see in the Bible what God does, but many times we don't know how to get him to do it. That's where spending time with Jesus makes all the difference in the world. You spend time with him, he'll tell you what to do. He will tell you exactly what to do. It's not a mystery anymore. So, Jesus, in this example with the disciples, Jesus was proven through the healing of the man who had never walked and begged all of his life. So, Jesus would have made him whole. Many people try to figure out, well, if that man was laying there every day, Jesus must have walked past him a lot. 
He did. But it just wasn't that man's day for a miracle while Jesus. There was a lot of people that were alive that the disciples later healed. Why? Jesus wanted people to know that my spirit didn't leave when I left. My ministry didn't leave when I left. My ministry goes on through my body. And just think of it this way. If they can do it, you can do it. And we'll get more people healed. Amen. Amen. But I'm telling you, if your name ain't on a miracle, you don't get to do it. There are a lot of people that that have healing ministries and people come in their meetings and come and go. And many factors involved. But you can tell that somebody has been with Jesus by the deposit that they leave, that they leave in the earth. So the disciples later on after that, they well during this period they converted over 5,000 souls with their preaching. Amen. And there was another evidence that Jesus was with them because he confirms his word with signs following. People follow that word. If there's life there and people want life, they will follow life. Amen. And so Jesus allows them to follow his life through his disciples. Just have to spend time with him, folks. You understand what I'm saying? Just that time with the Lord pays great dividends. Also, you pay, you spend your time learning. You know, learn through your your minister, your teacher, whoever God sets over you. You learn from them. When you've learned all that person has, you know, then you can start pulling from other areas. But if they've got the ministry that you're supposed to work in, you don't go anywhere. You know, many times people are shopping around. I hate to see this happen. You know, people, hey, eh, you can't keep them here. You know, they got to go someplace else, or you know, this ain't right. That ain't right. And then they get sick. Thank God they get sense enough to come back. Many people get sick and broke and keep going because they're too prideful to humble themselves. But when God sets you somewhere, he sets you there so that you can learn of him. As long as you're learning of Jesus, keep learning because there's always more to learn. When you've mastered what your master knows, then you can pray about doing something else. It's a hard thing to get above the person that's over you. Not impossible, but hard. You've got to really put yourself to it. You understand what I'm saying? Don't, don't play God's efforts so cheap that you're challenging, always challenging leaders, always challenging. Go do the ministry of Jesus. Forget about your personal contention and challenges with people. And just do what God has set before you to do. Amen? Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and for your opportunity. Help your people to get settled in you. And I bind restlessness and I bind weariness in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, for helping us to know that we can receive power and anointing and the ministry of Christ by spending time with him, by being blessed by him. So we thank you, Lord. We bless you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer.